1: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series joining you Monday to Friday. I'm joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? You well?
0: Yeah, I'm all well, TZ. I think it's been a while since we've all been on a show together, isn't it?
1: All three of us. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when the last time was. It definitely must have been last week. Uh, Thursday, maybe? No, maybe. Mm. No, it can't have been Thursday because in the office. Wednesday? Well, Chris might have been off Wednesday. Yeah, I was
0: off
1: Wednesday. Wow. So, yeah, it has. It's been a long time. Um Yeah, I haven't missed it. No, I'm I'm kidding. Chris, how are we doing? we good?
2: Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, TC. hope you're both doing okay. hope everyone who's tuning in is doing all right. And um, yeah, I mean, the feel-good factor is is back, isn't it, amongst the Arsenal fans? I've certainly got that factor back. It's funny what, you know, a couple of games can can do, um, especially after going through such a you know a horrid run of form so um yeah much needed and um feeling optimistic once again
1: Mm, absolutely good morning everybody joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good and well make sure to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show we kick off of of course reaction further reaction to the weekend's results bailey arsenal now with a two point lead in fourth place i mean after that southampton game if I'd have told you that you know after Chelsea and United we'd be two points ahead of Spurs, I think you would have said I was mad.
0: Yeah, I would have been like, "What are you? What are you having over there, TC? What are you having for <laughs> breakfast, for dinner, etc." But no, it's honestly it was the perfect perfect weekend for Arsenal. Really, everything just seemed to fall into place. And one low key positive for us was Craig Dawson as well getting red carded for for West Ham as well um, for next week. So. Again, next week, we have a great chance to possibly even increase the gap for the in fourth place, you must hope. But yeah, the game in general against United was excellent. I think we did get lucky to get the win, but again, you can't play all every week. And the fact that we are getting the win when we're not playing the greatest shows that we are capable of being a Champions League side next season.
1: Mm, it's one of those uh, narrative characteristics of a team of, of playing badly and picking up points. Chris, I actually thought it was probably besides the City away game, our worst defensive performance of the season. Um, despite that, coming out with a 3-1 win, it's positive. But is there concerns for you right, based upon how we defended or is Tommy Asu's return a big, big plus to try and solve that?
2: No, I think it's a good point you make, TC, and it's actually something I, I thought about during the game and afterwards it was obviously a good win um and we got the three points and when you sort of look back that's all that really matters especially at such a crucial part of the season but our defense has been a bit more shaky in recent weeks um there's no question of that um obviously the, the the absence the injury to Kieran Tierney plays its part um, we've, we've missed Tommy Asu, we, we, we've known that for, for a long time now. We, we were saying after the game, weren't we, on, on Saturday, Tom, that you mm-hmm. know the, the difference in quality and reliability, really, um, between Tommy Asu and Cedric is quite clear, and that, that does worry me. Um, as I said on, on the weekend, it's, it's something that's got to be addressed in the summer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, work's still got to be done, um, and, you know, the team aren't you know, planned per- perfectly at the moment. Um, but we're, we're managing to get these results, which is obviously the, the most crucial thing, the most important thing. But um, there's still a few things to take away from the last couple of matches, which, which must be worked on, which must be improved heading into the final weeks of the season because we've still got some very tough games to come. Um, and we obviously know what's at stake. The players know that as well. As does Mikel Arteta, so I want to go into these these final few games of the season um, in the best shape and and in the best form possible. So um, definitely, obviously, the, the defensive side of things has got to be um, worked on a little bit. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it, it could have it could have turned out differently against United on Saturday. You know, when especially in the, the opening stage of the second half, they were piling a lot of pressure on us. They got the penalty and. Obviously, things didn't go their way, but on a different day um, against a different opposition, we could get punished for it. So, um, yeah, obviously, as much as as the last couple of um, results are positive um, and and big for us, which is is fantastic, there is still a few things to to shore up, especially in the, the defensive areas
1: just a question in the chat box coming from bernard who says what would happen if west Ham win the europa league uh, just to kind of you know, cover across all this quickly for those wondering nothing for arsenal uh fifth and sixth will be europa league places next season no matter what happens um the uefa conference league position will be seventh place as well the only thing that would have changed is if crystal palace would have won the fa cup that would have changed things but Nope. there could be as many as uh, nine English teams in European competition next season, which is quite crazy. Um, but a, sli- a slight tweak to the rules has meant that, uh, yeah, I mean, if... Uh, I'm trying to think who would have to win the Champions League it would have to be someone finishing outside the top four which I don't think will happen um, but if West Ham win the Europa League and finish outside the top four they'll go into the Champions League um, if say Spurs and Man United finish fifth and sixth they'll go into the Europa League and if Leicester finish outside the top seven and win the Conference League they'll go into the Europa League next season which uh, means there won't be any I don't think there'll be any Conference League team um, but uh, that's yeah it's very interesting to see what what might happen um, next season we'll have to wait and see Um, obviously the reason why we're two points ahead Bailey is because Spurs drew against Brentford I I watched the game I thought it was I thought it was quite characteristically Spurs at this point during the season that didn't really offer too much in fact in fact I thought Brentford were by far the better side and should have won the game Tony hitting the woodwork twice unfortunately with two headers the second one he definitely should have scored from do you think that Spurs and this Conte news that's kind of dropping around him and PSG do you think they're feeling the pressure and that's why it's not necessarily going so well or do you think teams like Brighton and Brentford have just been better than them?
0: Yeah Spurs have been performing at like this all season I think it's more, more often than not actually is mm. a lot of times Harry Kane and, and Heeming Song bailing them out before before poor performance so this isn't really surprising to me I think the race for top four really hinges down to the form of Kane and Son because if any of those do drop mm. slightly, even dip slightly, Arsenal have difficulties because Tottenham don't have any other source of goals or or way to to win matches. So if if saying if sorry saying if Kane or Son is is not in form or they're not firing, then Tottenham don't win the game, and that's that that that, that is just how it goes at the moment. Mm. So this doesn't surprise me. I reckon in a couple more games this will happen. It's just if Arsenal maintain consistency, we will absolutely get fourth place, but it depends on Arsenal really rather than Tottenham because if you're relying on two players every game to, to to get you the win, more often than not, you're gonna you're gonna struggle and it's gonna be a hard, a hard, hard fought win for Tottenham at the moment. All their games have been hard fought and they're getting just over the line due to the quality of Kane and Son. So if those two are not firing, then neither are Tottenham. Mm,
1: absolutely. Now, Chris, it's been eight years, of course, since we won the league very famously. Um sorry, longer than that, way longer than that. Um my math is going with 18 years, sorry, since um, we won the league at, at White Hart Lane. And it's it could not happen again in regards to winning the league, but we could actually clinch top four at Tottenham Hotspur this season. For that to happen, if Spurs draw or lose one of their next two games and we beat both Leeds uh, and West Ham United on Sunday it means that if we were to beat Spurs at Tottenham, that would mean that Spurs couldn't catch us. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is funny how this, this happens. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it, considering after the Southampton game, top four was described as impossible by a lot of people, saying it's done, it's finished, over, Arsenal can't get it now. You know, All of the odds are against us. How mad is it to see that as a possibility to have turned things around?
2: Yeah, it's 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 pretty mad. It's crazy. We know, obviously. I, I know. I say every week that anything can happen. We we know how how unpredictable the, the Premier League can be, especially in the the sort of the the closing chapter of the season, because there's there's so much up for grabs for for so many different teams. Obviously, at the top of the table, and and obviously at, at the bottom as well. So, um, I, I still thought. I mean, I think Alan Smith said it on Sky Sports the other day, um, following the 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 Tottenham game. At Brentford, he said, "You know, obviously Arsenal sort of in the driving seat at the moment, but he expects sort of more ups and downs and and changes." And um, you know, I completely agree. Uh, Things can change. We've seen that over the last week how quickly things can change all of a sudden. So I'm, I'm I'm preparing myself to, you know, um, to get ready for, you know, a a bit of a battle. Really, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a bit nerve wracking at times um you know uh, we we're, we're all the Arsenal never do things the easy way and uh, they certainly purse through it so um i'm sure more of that will come in over the next few weeks but um you know as i said to you at the weekend tom after the united game and and sort of talking about the remainder of games and how we we approach them we've just got to go into each one with 110% focus and determination and um, and and just give it our absolute everything. That's all we can ask for as supporters. We want we want the boys to go into each game um, looking to bring back those three points. And um, despite going through, you know, one of several rocky patches over the last couple of months, you know, especially when you you look back at the Palace, Brighton, Southampton results, to then come back out of that and, and get three points away at Chelsea, get three points against United. Um, it gives me opt- optimism because you know it just shows that we we can bounce back in difficult situations as we have done you know throughout the season and that's what's unique about the, this batch of players and and the group that we have at the moment and that's sort of what's given me the a big sense of belief at the moment because we're going to have to go through those those rocky patches again between now and the season I'm I'm sure of that so um the togetherness the belief um, and the confidence around the place is going to be really, really key. And, um, yeah, we've just got to keep our fingers crossed, haven't we?
1: We do indeed. We do indeed. Let's jump into the chat box briefly and see what people are saying regarding the possibility. Afton says so Spurs will lose to Liverpool, so we can afford to lose a game. We say that Spurs have a weird way of getting results against City and Liverpool, so don't be so sure on that one. Jeffrey says, yes, we really need a boost in the striking force. We can't go into the Champions League this way in regards to the players available to us we'll come on to some striker stuff in just a second um alistair pointing out that we just need to take things one game at a time i mean bailey west ham are going to be without all of their orthodox central defenders when we play them that of course comes a few days after they play um frankfurt in the europa league semi-final how confident can we be going into that game now
0: no confidence, let's not be too confident. Let's no confidence at all. None.
1: There's, there's
0: no, that's not too much confidence. I think mean, there's a line that, <laughs> that must be drawn. You can't go into the game thinking, Oh, yeah, this is a walk in the park. They've got no fit center backs. Remember, we are away from home. West Ham have nothing to lose. They've done very well against Chelsea and they did. And they were playing Ben Johnson, of course, and Craig Dawson. Mm-hmm. But it seems like once the pressure's off for of them, they can just play their free game. And they wasn't even playing their, their strongest lineup. So, especially with the home crowd behind their back, and you don't know sometimes when teams are against the wall, they have. Everything against them, and they're playing. Let's say an, an orthodox centre back, a player mm. might just turn up and have a 10 out of 10 performance. For example, they might put midfield at the back, and he might just be sensational there. So you can never ever say never, and you just just yeah, let's not be too confident, guys, because once you are too confident, usually it comes to bite you, bite you back. So let's, let's just yeah. be how we are.
1: Fair play. Um, Let's go on to transfers, Chris, because there is some interesting news that obviously went through over the weekend. The main one being Gabriel Jesus uh, and our confirmed talks with his representatives for a number of months. There's still no contact yet between Man City and Arsenal. I imagine that will happen based upon where Arsenal finished this season. At the end of the season, there'll be more discussions about a possible move. But the information is is that Gabriel Jesus is very open to this switch to Arsenal. Is he a player that you'd be interested in seeing come to the club? (laughs)
2: Absolutely, I'm. am a big fan of him, and um, been really surprised actually to see a, a few people um, sort of say no to him and snub, sort of turn their noses up at him um, because I think he is a player that can offer us a lot of quality that we're lacking in in that centre forward position at the moment. Um, he, he also offers versatility as well. We know he can he can play out wide and that's obviously the the sort of the main role he's had under Pep Guardiola in in recent months and seasons at at the Etihad so yeah I'd love him obviously on top of those couple of points as well Mikel Arteta knows him really well he's worked with him um, uh, obviously when he was assistant to Pep at at City and and Gabriel Jesus has previously um, praised Mikel as well and and, um, you know they, they seem to get along really well so that that sort of part of it excites me as well because you, you get the sense that Mikel Arteta can really get the best out of him and there's a lot of belief and trust between those two. So, yeah, I, I, I'd love him. and Obviously, I, I think the fact that his contract's running out, he's, he could be relatively cheap. I've, I think I've seen figures and sort of 30, 35 million, 25 million, I can't remember, but sort of in that, that that region. And I think, you know, obviously when you're talking about established Premier League players and you I know, mean, with the quality Jesus has, obviously he's a Brazilian international as well. He's only, what, 20, 24, 25 years old. Um, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. And um, obviously, Edu's relationships and contacts that he has, I'm sure, with the players' camp and obviously with the the South American sort of market as a whole really w- w- gives us a slight advantage. I'm sure he he's familiar with with people he's speaking to. So, um yeah, I think we, we, we should get it done um, as soon as possible, if possible. Um, I don't think he should be our only sort of forward signing this summer. I think with, with, with where he's at the minute, at City and, and the, the quality that he does have, obviously he scored four goals at the weekend, provided an assist. I know quite a few Arsenal fans are saying, oh, well, if we do sign him, he shouldn't be our marquee signing in, in in attack. He should sort of be the backup or be a rotational option. I disagree with that. I think he can come in and, and be our main sort of striker um, going forward. And I do believe someone else should come in behind him to be sort of the rotational option, like obviously like Lacazette was when Aubameyang was here and the main man up front. So, yes, I'd love Jesus. I think he can be our main man going forward in that striker role.
1: Mm.
2: But I do think we should sign another one to go along with him to, to be a rotational option, especially if European football secured. secured. Um, because obviously we risk losing Lacazette and Eddie at the end of the season. And that's with Aubameyang already gone. So, um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that one.
1: Absolutely. I do agree. I think that he needs to be one of two. That's not to say that he's not good enough to be, you know, the starting striker for Arsenal or starting player in the in a wider role. And we're in the European competition pretty much. I mean, we're pretty much guaranteed at this point to be touchwoods in the Europa League at minimum next season. So we're going to have that kind of European competition to focus on. We need to make sure that we've got the depth and having two forwards to be able to rotate and to offer different options to us is going to be key. Bailey, what are your thoughts around Jesus? And do you think that him being the kind of the diminutive, smaller finisher type of option rules out moves for players like Joel Felix or Latara Martinez or players like that?
0: Now, funnily enough, TC, I don't know. I put that came out uh, earlier in the morning that Jesus actually opens up the door for another major striker signing because, as Chris mentioned, his price is between 25 million to 35 million. So he's going to be very cheap. He's also a very versatile player. So he doesn't just have to play mm. in the striker role. So I think it opens up the door for another major striker signing. I know. I think James Benz from CBS Sports says, Asim for example, cost at least 80 million euros. And if you put mm-hmm. Jesus' price and and Osimhen's together, that's only 95 million pounds. And that's that's very affordable. And that is almost what we were quoted to pay for Alexander Isak almost or 15 million pounds less. But if you yeah. put those two together, it's definitely a package that is worth, worth doing. So I think that's why Gabriel Jesus is such a, for me, one of the best signings of the summer for Arsenal because it makes so much sense due to his price, his versatility and and he's a quality player, has Premier League experience and he's going to get you goals as well. So there's a transfer that makes sense. And if Arsenal, if he's available, Arsenal really should be doing everything to, to get it done. And of course, he can be the the third Gabriel, Brazilian Gabriel, to join the club. there. this makes even more sense in that in that sense as well. In that sense as well.
1: No, I like that. Yeah, look, three Gabriels at the club would be brilliant. Um, there was, I saw a tweet the other day. There's some people talking about in, a, in biblical terms the amount of names of, of biblical people that there are in the Arsenal team. It's quite interesting. So uh, one to one for a, a thumbnail, maybe one day we'll have to wait and see. Let's see what you guys are saying about Gabriel Jesus. Uh, Divesh says Jesus as a second striker is very good. Vinny says the fact he starts most games for city says it all he would be an ideal signing who can play wide two if we sign another big striker alistair saying 20 to 30 million pound for jesus is an absolute steal um uh, graham says gabriel jesus would be a shrewd signing in my opinion can play anywhere along the front line and is known to arteta the price isn't that high so would be ideal for a premiership experienced player peter says jesus would be good for Arsenal, but Ivan Tony and Ollie Watkins must also be in the conversation as Premier League proven forwards. Kubik says Jesus would be a steal at 30 million. Great finisher and very technically gifted player. Abraham would offer more physical presence in the box, which you sometimes need. Them two will add us lots of quality. And that brings us quite nicely, Chris, onto the other transfer target. Our colleague Chris Wheatley reporting yesterday that Tammy Abraham is very much one of the big shortlisted targets for the summer and with Chelsea's inability at the moment to register players, their buyback clause would be inept uh, if we were to move quickly enough for him. Is he a player that you think alongside Jesus would offer Arsenal enough as your two forwards, or were you expecting more from two signings in that position this summer?
2: Uh, you know, I'd be happy with that because they're two players that can offer different qualities. Um, and uh, obviously it's, it's one of the comments made there Um well, that comment that's still up. Um, Abraham would offer sort of that more physical presence in the box, and that is something we've lacked over recent recent years. Really, since Olivia Giroux left, you could argue, and um, mm. we haven't sort of had that physical presence in the box. Someone to come on and and make a difference, or or start and and sort of bully defenders round uh, in certain games. So, I'd, I'd be happy with that that double signing if that was to happen. I still think maybe out wide possibly another wide wide um focus player could could come in obviously we know pepe's future is uncertain um due to a lack of game time and uh you know you you get the feeling that if any sort of concrete offers arrive for him then that the club will consider it because i'm sure that the player himself wants to be playing more more games um And obviously, the links to Cody Gakpo again, intrigue me because I think he's a very talented player with a very high ceiling. We know he's capable of playing out wide and in that centre-forward role as well. So, again, he's someone who I should, you know, who I believe should be high up on the list because he offers that versatility. He's got that talent. He's got the potential. He's got the leadership qualities as well because he, he regularly captains PSV Eindhoven. So, again, you know, I think he should be he should be a strong contender to come in this season. And I'm a big fan of him. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's exciting to be linked with all these, these top quality and talented players. Um, Now, obviously, you know, it appears we're not short of options. I can imagine, depending on how the season finishes and where, where we finish in terms of European qualification, that could play a part with certain Mm. targets. Um, But uh, it's encouraging. And, you know, Arteta said that it's time to go to another level. Edu hinted at the weekend prior to the match when he was speaking to ESPN Brazil that, you know, the club has the chance to sort of, sort of bring in one or two top top players compared to last year. So, um, yeah, no, it's encouraging. It's exciting. Um, and, yeah, it's, it'll be intriguing to see who the club opts for. But, you know, in terms of those two names, in particular, Jesus and Abraham, I think that would be perfect business um, and uh, and yeah, I'd be intrigued to, to see who we get.
1: Uh, Axel saying, like Tammy, um, or Nunez, Ozimen, or Tony. Christopher says, Tammy and Nunez are both better than Ozimen. Um, Harvey says, good choice, but will be too expensive, says Harvey. Uh, Graham says, if the prices was right, I would prefer Darwin and Nunez though over Abraham. Uh, Afsar says, how much do you think the Tammy will cost? I think 50 million was the quoted figure I saw reported the other day. So probably, I mean, he cost them what, 30-plus million to get him in. So they're going to want to get an absolute profit on that without a shadow of a doubt. Peter says, I'm a bit on the fence with Abraham. He's big and physical, but doesn't score many headers. The striker who can be on the end of crosses would be the most ideal. Uh, Diplomatic says, yes, we really need to boost the striking force and Abraham or Darwin Nunez. And Wilson says, Tammy is not a bad player, but I do feel that Jonathan David would be a more exciting signing because he's pacey and a quality player. Bailey, is he a player that you'd like to see coming? I know that you're very, very much a fan of Victor Ozyman as kind of your yeah. number one target, but playing in the same league this year, you know, those two have been pretty close in regards to their goal output this season.
0: Yeah, look, before before he signed for Rumour, I was not a big fan of at Oh, I really didn't rate him, but I can't deny what he has done this season. I think he's done excellent in this. What's changed
1: for you? Like what's changed he's your His goals.
0: His goals. He's been banging in goals. Mm. You can't. You can't deny a striker who's been banging in goals. But I still do have my reservations about him. I know when I watched him at Chelsea, I wasn't too impressed with his hold up play. I think his his ability to hold up the ball and link up play. But I have seen from clips this year that he has looked to improve. He has looked to improve on that. But again, the Serie A, We've seen players like Lukaku do well there. I'm just still. I have to still have my res- reservations about Tammy Abraham. But again. He's scoring the goals, and uh, I can't deny that he's that he's, he's scoring goals. And for a striker, that's that's the all and be all. So, yeah, I wouldn't be against the signing, but I do have my reservations with Tammy. Abraham. Yeah,
1: I can understand that. I think that there is a risk associated with the Tammy Abraham signing. I don't think you know he's in the bracket of some of the other players that we've been linked with. Um, not because he's not good enough, just because I think that there's a I think there's a, a question mark on Tammy Abraham, whether or not you know he could come back and, and really elevate his game. But if you said we were signing Abraham and, and Jesus as our two forwards in the summer, I don't think I'd have too many yes, you know complaints about that, to be fair. And I think that would elevate us in terms of what we've got in those options. I also think there's scope for us to bring in a wide forwards on top of those two, like if, if that's, say, a, a Cody Gakpo or someone like that to bring in as well. So there's all of that. Um, we've been going for 25 minutes, so I'm going to wrap things up there. and We'll be back tomorrow morning as well. And you're going to have plenty more Transfer Insight shows this week based around the likes of Abraham and Jesus. So more chat around the strikers will be coming for you this week. Bailey, thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank
0: you, TC, CD, and everyone in the comment section as well.
1: Absolutely. Chris, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thanks, lads. Always a pleasure. And
2: um thank you to everyone tuning in this morning. I hope everyone keeps well and has a great day. Absolutely.
1: Drop a like on the video before you go, people, and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We'll see you a little bit later on today and tomorrow, of course, for the next Arsenal agenda series. 49, 49, 49.